Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Mary Jackson, on a new California loitering law which some activists believe makes sex trafficking easier in that state. A former police officer that's still pretty involved with uh, police departments in the Bay Area uh, would say that police presence in uh, areas where there's brazen prostitution has lessened. Uh, Pimps have gotten a lot bolder. They don't fear repercussions from law enforcement. Mary Jackson, coming up next on His People. A new California law dubbed the Safer Streets for All Act has done nothing of the kind, according to today's guest. Mary Jackson is senior writer for World Magazine, and I'm talking to her about her piece, Whose Streets? Pimps and Traffickers Get a Free Pass Under New California Law Protecting Sex Work. Please be advised that portions of today's conversation may not be appropriate for all ages. Mary, why do you think it's important for believers to be aware of this issue? I was just reading the Psalm 82, uh, Psalm 82, 3 instructs us, uh, vindicate the weak and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and destitute, rescue the weak and needy, deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. And I was, I was thinking about that verse and how, um, what what I learned through reporting in this story, these women that are on the streets uh, selling their bodies um, for sex uh, certainly quali- qualify as weak and needy. And uh, some of the research, you know, I, I found said uh, 90% of these women want to escape. Uh, 70% uh, say they were raped, uh, 80% physically tortured, um, and I, I met and talked to women who who experience these things and and come from rough backgrounds. So I really do believe, you know, as Christians, we see people as made in the image of God. You know, they have inherent worth and dignity by their Creator from their Creator. So this is something Christians should care about. Um, Christians should be on the front lines. Uh, you know, rescuing and delivering these these women, uh, sharing the gospel, the hope of the gospel with them. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Christians need to be informed about this. Uh, as we know, what happens in California and on the West Coast seems to <laughs> trickle east. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a really important issue. Well, Mary, your article focuses mainly on California's changing attitude towards prostitution, as we'll talk about with a particular law that passed last year. Uh, But prostitution and trafficking are illegal in California, as you've written. Can you define trafficking for us? A lot of us think we know what that means, but maybe not. You know, human trafficking can encompass uh, forced labor as well. So so my story focuses on uh, sex trafficking. And uh, it it is defined by you know the the, the Department of Justice as you know a co- compelling or coercing a person to engage in commercial sex acts, um, and 
Their definition includes recruitment, harboring, transporting, providing for, obtaining, patronizing, soliciting. So there's a lot of things that that fall under that definition. And then uh, I also address child trafficking, which would include any kind of commercial sex act involving a minor. Well, as you write in your piece, uh, last year in 2022 in California, uh, a law passed uh, which uh, dealt with the subject of loitering for the purposes of prostitution. I think you, you say it's called the Safer Streets for All Act pushed as empowering women. What can you tell us about the law? What does it do? Why was it passed? Um, what have been the effects of it? Yeah, yeah. The name of the law is ironic given the the effects that it's had. Um certainly hasn't made the streets in California any safer for women and children. Uh, But what it did is uh, police could previously, uh, if they saw someone, you know, a scantily clad woman on the street, a girl who looked underage, you know, with guys clearly pulling up and, and, you know, she's standing there, looks like she's engaging and or being trafficked, it would allow police to detain that woman um, and even pimps who were loitering for the purpose of prostitution. Um, So it gave them a tool to make arrests. Uh, Oftentimes those those arrests led to investigations uh, into trafficking rings. It allowed police to question a girl and find out if she was underage, if she was um, being trafficked. Uh, so it was more of a tool uh, where police utilized to curb prostitution on the streets. And um, anyone that looked like they were standing around, you know, engaging in prostitution, police were able to apprehend that person. So um, I believe you asked what effect it's had. Yeah, so it sounds like, uh, yes, the the effect, uh, the consequences of of this uh, Safer Streets for All Act. So the groups I spoke with and uh, a former police officer that's still pretty involved with uh, police departments in the Bay Area uh, would say that police presence in uh, areas where there's brazen prostitution has lessened. Uh, Pimps have gotten a lot bolder. Um, They don't fear repercussions from law enforcement. Prostitution is more on the open, brazen. You know, you see if you're keeping up on the news in California, you see these stories. I just saw one recently from National City, which is outside of San Diego, the mayor describing how prostitution is just, you know, in this in this town is is worsened, uh, nearly naked women standing outside of businesses soliciting sex. Um major street corners. So we're seeing it all across California, uh, the effects of this law. And it it took effect in January, but it it did have an immediate effect on the streets. I I think you're right that uh, your piece is uh, whose streets pimps and traffickers get a free pass under new California law protecting sex work. Uh, It's in uh, World Magazine. People can read it at wng.org. And I think you say that uh, a number of the anti-trafficking organizations or anti-trafficking advocates fought hard against 
the law, which kind of says something. Why, why, why did they fight against it? And can you, can you talk about who, who they might have been, who they are? Yeah, so I, I interviewed uh, mostly anti-trafficking groups in the Bay Area. One, uh, one woman I interviewed is involved in a, a group in the Los Angeles area, uh, and she would say the same things as, as the groups I spoke with here. But uh, they fought against it because they essentially knew, you know, they're on the streets every day. They knew that trafficking would increase, that this was a legal deterrent. And uh, they've also been working really hard to build uh, partnerships with law enforcement so that when women were brought into um, police stations, they were bringing in these nonprofit groups and allowing them to talk to a girl. Uh, you know, it's maybe the one instance where she's separated from her pimp. So they were they were building these partnerships and um, and just knew that it would it would lead to more trafficking, more harm for women and girls. Um, you know, in San Francisco and Oakland, uh, they've they've resorted to erecting uh, barricades to keep just such a such a heavy inflow of Johns. And, um, you know, they're they're resorting to these tactics that, you know, even put put people's safety in danger. Uh, so, yeah, and then I would say the groups I spoke with are largely led by Christians and, you know, they care about these women. They, uh, you know, they have many of them in and out of their their uh, safe homes. And so it's a very personal issue for them. It's interesting that you say that uh, one of the seemingly one of the consequences of this new law in California just taking California or uh, San Francisco as an example, it, uh, sort of a, a red light district has emerged in San Francisco, seemingly um, not challenged by law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they did erect the uh, barricades. That was kind of their solution. But even uh, I believe it was a supervisor in, in uh, San Francisco suggested, well, you know, might as well, might as well just make this a, a legalized red light district. So you can see how this law has just taken California, you know, one small step away from fully legalizing uh, prostitution, and it's already being put on the table. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's pretty disheartening. And there have been some kind of grassroots uh, neighbors and businesses pushing back, which is which is good to see. Well, Mary, um, you're talking about, of course, some of the opposition to this new law, uh, 2022 law in California, which uh, was called the Safer Streets for All Act, which um, the advocates say it, it, it empowers women, but those that are uh, anti-sex trafficking advocates or activists are saying it actually numbers show that it, it, prostitution has greatly increased on the streets of California. Who, who are the advocates? Who, who, who is advocating this? Uh, obviously, the governor said the law doesn't legalize prostitution, but it does seem to move in that direction as you're writing. Who uh, is pushing it? Yeah, uh, I mean, I talk about this in the story. There's kind of this uh, post-feminist belief that sex work is work. And I, I say that uh, in quotes. <laughs> I don't believe that. But this idea that, you know, women should have this choice to engage in this quote-unquote 
uh, type of work and use their bodies as they please. Um, that belief that as long as there's consent, anything goes. We're seeing the outworking of that in this area. Uh, you know, there's a belief that a percentage of women and individuals who identify as LGBTQ would actually want to sell their bodies for sex, and it's somehow liberating for them to do so. And so uh, the advocates, you know, subscribe to ascribe to some form of this belief and really ignore the fact that a, the majority of women um, are immensely harmed uh, by this. Uh, you know, they're controlled by their pimps and tra traffickers. Uh, children are brought into this. It's pretty outrageous to believe that if it were legalized, we could somehow better control or regulate it or put in more safety measures. It really ignores the, the violent, dark realities that these women face on the streets every day and the immense uh, psychological and physical harm that they endure. Well, it's an interesting point you, you make in, in your article that on social media, at least, after the law passed, it seemed that there were people that uh, perhaps pimps, or I don't know if they identified themselves as such, but th that saw it, this law as very favorable to what they're doing, that there would be less scrutiny on them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, some law enforcement, uh, people involved in law enforcement that I spoke with, I mean, I couldn't even print what they, they, were, they were telling me they were seeing pimps on social media putting um, the minute this law was passed. But I did, I did use the quote, you know, the streets are ours now. And, and that was one social media post that uh, a woman who's involved with the LA, uh, Los Angeles Police Department had had seen. Um, so there were all kinds of celebratory posts by uh, pimps on social media and, and very open about it. Uh, that you know they were they were seeing this as you know there's no more base essentially there's no more regulation and and on the streets uh, even you know a uh, uh, a person involved in law enforcement told me you know that's the that's the posture as well it's they're they're not afraid they don't they don't worry that police are going to kind of come and break things up it's it's uh, a whole different dynamic now that this law is passed. Well, this law, it's sometimes called, I, I think you call it a loitering law, or it, mm -hmm. it addresses what used to be uh, illegal lo loitering for the purposes of prostitution, where it's, that's now not illegal. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. So you can, and, and actually, uh, New York passed a similar law uh, in 2021. And then Seattle also passed a similar law. So, uh, you know, it's not just California, it just so happens that California has the highest uh, rate of trafficking. And, you know, for various reasons, we, uh, we have, I would say that the biggest problem next to Nevada, with uh, prostitution and trafficking. So, so it's pretty significant here. But it's not not an isolated incident, and I'm sure that it's going to continue coming up, as is, uh, you know, decriminalization de efforts across the country.
Well, I wanted to ask you about that. I, I think in your piece you write that California's, uh, this new law, this loitering law, is part of a growing movement nationwide to change how prostitution is perceived and prosecuted, some seeking partial uh, decriminalization, uh, an aversion of the equity model. And can you talk about that and, and uh, how that is uh, perhaps changing? Yeah, so uh, in Maine, earlier this year, uh, Maine became the first state to decriminalize the selling of sex, not its purchase. Uh, the state also enacted stricter punishment for child trafficking. Uh, obviously, Nevada is the only U.S. state still that allows regulated brothels in some rural counties, but uh, supporters of this equity model are are pushing for this kind of uh, these kinds of laws and and there you know there were bills introduced in in several states that that modeled the one in Maine um, the equity model is an approach that shifts the prosecution to pimps and Johns uh, not the prostitutes themselves and so um, yeah, it's it's concerning for people in law enforcement because uh, it it how it plays out is it encourages uh, more of prostitution. So you're saying because the prostitutes themselves are not prosecuted, but the yeah. the the people that perhaps the 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 pimps and the ones that buy it are the ones that are uh, targeted for prostitution. So wouldn't some people see that as a as a positive development? seeing that the prostitutes are generally victims. I think there's a growing understanding of what uh, the psychological damage of prostitution. And so, you know, I spoke with uh, several in the Bay Area, a couple different uh, uh, formerly trafficked women. And um, those times where they were arrested, where they hit rock bottom was what led them to reach out for help. And so, uh, there is a growing understanding of what a woman goes through um, who is on the streets and more, as I mentioned earlier, more partnerships between nonprofits and law enforcement. So many believe that these uh, these loitering uh, arrests often led to women getting help and um, connecting them with nonprofits, getting them away from their pimps even just briefly. So, so some of it is, uh, you know, it isn't going to push things in, in the direction. And uh, police were already, before this law passed, already, um, you know, they are already taking more of a lenient approach on arrests for prostitution and, and really, you know, trying to help women more get out of this lifestyle. So, it could really harm those efforts. So the decriminalization, uh, I think you're right that um, th this uh, is happening um, more and more across the country. And some believe that it'll, it will lead to increased sex trafficking. Is that right? Yeah. So one study, I, um, I didn't have the space in the story to go on and on about it, but it's uh, 2012 published in uh, World Development, and they analyzed uh, cross-sectional data from 116 countries to determine the effect of legalized prostitution on human trafficking inflows. 
And so they studied, you know, the longitudinal effects of legalizing or decriminalizing prostitutions in countries like Denmark, Germany, Switzerland. And this this study found that countries with legalized prostitution had higher human trafficking inflows. Well, the article is, Whose Streets, Pimps and Traffickers Get a Free Pass Under New California Law Protecting Sex Work. My guest is the author of the article, Mary Jackson. It appeared in World Magazine. You can read it at WNG.org. Mary, do you have any idea of the numbers of of women and and girls who are uh, trafficked in California or nationwide? I mean, I realize this is, it'd be maybe difficult to come by those statistics. Yeah, I, you know, you hear numbers in the millions, and it's really, really difficult because uh, trafficking cases are underreported. The National Human Trafficking Hotline identified 16,554 likely victims in Mm. 2021. Uh, many, many people I talk to suspect the number is much higher than that. But uh, yeah, it, it is a, a, a reputable hotline um, for this type of thing. So so that gives us just a glimpse. And, and you write that um, trafficking, sex trafficking is uh, often or typically an invisible crime. W- what do you mean by that? Yeah, so it's one of those things that can happen, you know, right with your next door neighbor or be happening right under your nose. Um, And that's partially with children. It's uh, children are often labeled as chronic runaways. Um, You know, they come from troubled homes. Uh, Oftentimes parents, police, uh, others have no idea they're being trafficked. Um, Another thing that happens is a victim will believe that her trafficker is her boyfriend and loves her and they're in a dating relationship. And so that's how it's presented. Um, So it's called the invisible crime because parents, social workers, police, even the victims themselves, um, especially children, fail to realize that it's happening. And you you say that uh, to a certain extent, they come out of the foster care or the child welfare system? Yeah. So studies have been done and, you know, most trafficking victims have, you know, they come from broken families. Uh, They've been victims of of child abuse, come from foster care or child welfare system. So they have these vulnerabilities, which uh, pimps and traffickers certainly prey upon. So this whole debate over decriminalization, and there's different ways that this is looked at, um, as we've talked about, but it's playing out in many U.S. cities and states. I think that may may surprise people that it's always been considered, uh, with the exception of Nevada, considered illegal, as it is illegal on the books in California. Is there anything else you want to say about what's happening nationwide and, and maybe any speculation as to why is it seemingly... becoming more acceptable. Yeah, I mean, I think going back to that idea that, uh, you know, this culture that we live in of um, anything goes if if there's consent, and we're seeing just all kinds of um, sexual liberties being taken in the name of that. And so it's uh, causing havoc. And I think, you know, the positive side of it is there's a growing awareness of the problem. And, uh, 
you know, movie like Sound of Freedom really, really brought attention to the cause. There are more people waking up and realizing because it is in our face more and more, uh, you know, that that this is a problem and um, there are very real victims and casualties as a result of these kinds of beliefs. So I think, you know, on the positive side, there is uh, more and more, there are more and more organizations and Christians getting involved in this, this fight. Mary, one thing I didn't ask you about yet, but you bring up in your article is one of the advocates of the California law, the, the so-called Safer Streets for All Act, uh, said that this law was needed to protect black and brown trans women in, in this whole issue. Uh, is, can you talk about that and how big a problem uh, is that? Yeah, uh, I mean, there is a small percentage of, of individuals involved in prostitution who identify as LGBTQ. So uh, this senator uh, is known, uh, Scott Weiner in San Francisco, is a Democrat. Um, he's, no, he's also a gay man. He, he's known for taking up these causes. And so that was sort of his reasoning for the need for this law was that he was saying that, uh, you know, transgender uh, individuals were unfairly targeted um, for how they dress or how they look by police. And it was framed similarly in New York. Um, but it really does ignore the fact that, uh, you know, the, the vast majority are women coming from vulnerable situations, uh, you know, many of them are African American. Um, so it's, it seems unfair to, to frame it as protecting LGBTQ people, when it's really putting uh, more and more uh, women uh, in vulnerable situations at risk. Well, Mary Jackson, my guest today on His People, senior writer for World Magazine, we've been talking about her world peace, whose streets, pimps, and traffickers get a free pass under new California law protecting sex work. Well, Mary, thank you so much for joining us today here on His People on the Pilgrim Radio Network. I'm wondering, uh, I don't know that necessarily you go through in your mind and, and ask yourself this, but I'm wondering what, what uh, do you hope that readers, listeners take away about this issue? What, what, do you, what would you like them to be sure not to, not to miss? I, I did receive some feedback from from readers who just said your article prompted me to pray and um, consider how I might get involved. And uh, so I hope that it has that effect. I hope that uh, it's, you know, we, we take up causes that deal with the unborn or, you know, helping women uh, facing unplanned pregnancies. So, so many important causes that we as Christians take up. And uh, this is just another area that we need to be praying. We need to be supporting those who are on the front lines, uh, you know, trying to help these women. There's there's more and more safe houses uh, that Christians and, and other uh, nonprofits here in the Bay Area are, are hoping to build. And, and those are really needed, you know, offering a woman a way out of this lifestyle and saying, we will, we will support you. We will help you, you know, provide the resources so you can get out. And, um, and to me, that's just so resonates with, with the way of Jesus. And so I hope that our, uh, our readers will, will be 
motivated to pray and and perhaps even motivated to act and support those who are doing that important work. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Mary Jackson, senior writer for World Magazine. We've been discussing her piece, Whose Streets? Pimps and Traffickers Get a Free Pass Under New California Law Protecting Sex Work. You can read it at WNG.org. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Pat Klein on some open doors to bring Bibles into the communist country of Cuba. The people realized that the country's falling apart. When I was just there last week, everybody was saying how they were able to minister to people from the government. And even the people in the government are coming to the churches and saying, we need help. You know, we can't make it on our salaries. We can't keep food on the table for our families. And so they're opening up to the gospel like never before. That's tomorrow at this same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.